to the Humanity Church Podcast, a place where meaningful conversations around living by faith, being known by love, and becoming a voice of hope are shared with the world every week. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and will join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, online or at the historic Fox Theater in beautiful downtown Pomona. We also host humanity groups that meet all throughout the city and online to continue the conversation and support you in your ongoing spiritual journey. Find one near you by visiting humanitychurch.com. If you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321 and give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast. Well, we started last week with uh, Melinda, a conversation that we're calling David, and it's taking a look at the life of David. We weren't that creative with this series title. And we're taking a look at, at this man who was an example for so many in the scriptures. See, as people, as human beings, it's important to have people that we can look to as examples in life for both what we ought to do and what we ought not to do in life. It's important to have both. People that we can look at and say, oh, this is the path that I long to step into and this is the path that I definitely do not long to step into. Without this, we really don't know what's possible in life. We, we can look towards others to inform us of something that we can aspire to. And even as you go through developmental stages in your life, there, there are certain people that you begin to look to to inform you of what's possible in your life. So, so when you're an elementary school kid, you start looking to the high schoolers to go, okay, let, let me inform me of what high school looks like. And when, once you pass high school, it's like, hey, what does college and career look like? And, and after that, it's like, all right, what does, what does my life either as a single person or a married person look like in this context? And how do I find mentors in both of those arenas to help me thrive? And, and then you find people who have thrived in their careers to help you move forward. It's important to have people who are role models, examples, mentors for us as we move forward. And, and our our lives move forward because of that. And David's life is one of those lives that's a powerful message to us of both things that we ought to aspire to and things that we ought not to aspire to. He's a mixed bag in the middle of this. See, and as we pursue, as an example, the life of these individuals, our lives then become a message for other people. And so we're going to be taking a look at the life of David, the good, the bad, the ugly. And there are all of these greats in the scriptures, and we look at them. And my hope over the next few weeks is that we would both learn by the highness and the goodness of their humanity and the brokenness and the darkness of their humanity as well in the scriptures. And we looked at David's calling last week, how of everyone that should have been chosen, David was probably the least qualified, the least likely to be chosen to one day become king, and yet he was chosen in this moment. And so today, we're going to look at arguably one of the most um, memorable moments in the scriptures, and that is David and Goliath. There probably doesn't get any more, anything more cliche than this in the scriptures this morning. And if you know me, you know how much I love speaking about cliches. And this is, this is so memorable, so much known that you can even use it as a euphemism in our culture today. Oh, that's, that's the David and Goliath moment when the little guy's taking on the big guy. So much so that, that people who are not even of faith know that there, there was a guy named David who took on this giant named Goliath. And so here's what I want to do. I actually want to read the entire story this morning. 
I know we don't normally do that because our attention span is like 30 seconds due to TikTok, but I want to just read this right now. So we're going to do a little story hour, if that's okay with you, and we're going to read through this passage. In fact, let me just, let me, let me just grab my uh, elementary school teacher chair for a second here, and uh, we're just going to read through 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting in verse 1, and it says this, now the Philistines, the enemy, gathered their forces in war and assembled at Soko in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephraim Denim between Soko and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another within the valley between them. Now a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out to the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. Now, we don't measure things in cubits and spans today, but if you translate this to feet and inches, it actually comes out to about nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs were bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and his iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight me and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistine's words, Saul and the other Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now, David was the son of an Ephraite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war. The firstborn was Elab, the second Abinadad, and the third one, Shema. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend to his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistines came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, take this ephah of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these 10 cheeses to the commander of their units. See how your brothers are doing and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of the Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistine. Now early in the morning, David left the flock and in the care of the shepherd loaded up and went out. And as Jesse had directed, he reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines, facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brother how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from the lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw this man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now, the Israelites had been saying, do you not see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. It's a good plan right there, right? Now, I don't know how the daughter is, if she was high maintenance princess or what, but other than that, it seems like a really good deal here, right? And then it says, David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the men who killed the Philistines and removed this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Elabab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked him, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those sheep in the wilderness? 
I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. What David said was, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, uh, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came out and carried off a sheep from his flock, I went after it. I struck it, and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned to me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the jaw, from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, go to the Lord, go, and the Lord will be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic, put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in hand, he approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, I'm a dog, that you come at me with sticks. And this Philistine cursed David by the gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh over to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those who gather there will know that this is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistines moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank into his forehand, into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he had struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, children in the audience, close your ears, he cut his head off with the sword. <laughs> my, that's my boy's favorite part. But <laughs> When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead men were strewn among the Shearim, road to Gath and Ekron. And when the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the Philistine's head and brought it to Jerusalem. He put the Philistine's weapon in his own tent. As Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this young man? Abner replied, as surely as you live, your majesty, I don't know. The king said, find out whose son this young man is. As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with David, holding the Philistine's head. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem. Do you ever wonder why some people have it and others don't? You know, like why in the world are some people David and other people trained soldiers who are fearing in the corner of Goliath here? 
And what makes David, David? And what makes the afraid soldiers, the afraid soldiers? See, because there's no story about Benjamin and Goliath, right? Benjamin just watched David kill Goliath and then went back to make his olive oil or whatever he did, right? There's no story of Joshua and Goliath. Joshua just killed the giants and went back to making bread or whatever he did. And we have this story of David and Goliath. So how did David become David, the giant slayer? See, see, part of what makes these moments in scriptures so powerful is they actually show us what's possible as a human being when connected to the divine. It actually shows us what's possible when we are connected to God and we step into this. Because here's the thing that I know about you and I know about me, is that when we read through this story, we long to identify with David. Now, while most of us read this story and we're like, I probably would be the guy cowering in my boots on the side, we read this and there's something inside of all of us that says, man, I wish that I could have that life. I wish that I could live that life that David lived. That there's something inside of all of us that that longs to kill our own Goliaths. That we, our lives, would be known as giant slayers in this. But here's the thing. I don't know if you're like me, but I think we all have this fantasy that one day a Goliath is going to show up in our life. And then all of a sudden, magically, mystically, we're going to have this faith and this courage to take on the giant and to pull out our little slingshot and to go at him with everything that we have. But what I found is that is rarely the case. (laughs) That we think one day when a Goliath shows up, we're just going to step into that like David. And for most of us, that's just not the case. (laughs) See, I think actually one of the things that's so important of understanding why David is David, why he became who he is, and understanding his mindset is actually the credentials that he gives to Saul when Saul looks at him and goes, "Uh, who are you that you would fight Goliath? (laughs) You're, You're just a trained, you're just a kid, and we have all these trained soldiers. Why on earth would I put you out there? See, because when David gives his credentials, he tells him, well, I've been out with my sheep. And there was this time when a bear came after the sheep and the bear grabbed the sheep in its mouth. And I got my slingshot and I struck the bear and I got the sheep back and the bear didn't run off with the sheep. And then there was this other time when a lion came and the lion grabbed the sheep and I struck that lion. And not only did I grab the sheep out of the lion's mouth, but then I grabbed that lion's mane right? I mean, I ran after that lion. I grabbed him by the hair and I struck him again just to make sure he was dead, dead in the middle of all that. Now, here's the thing. For most of us in life, when the bear shows up or the lion shows up and starts taking our sheep, we take that as a sign that God has abandoned us. We often take that as a sign that God was not there in that moment, that he was missing from that moment, or somehow he had forgotten us in that moment, See, when the bear comes at us in life or the lion comes at us in life while we're out doing our thing, when that happens, the natural thing that we oftentimes go to is, God, where were you? Where were you when that person abandoned me? Where were you when that dream that I had had to be let go of? Where were you when I was abandoned? Where were you when I lost the job? Where were you when they got that diagnosis? Where were you in the middle of that? You abandoned me. And we refuse in that moment to fight the bear. We refuse to fight the lion. We're just like, man, take the sheep because God has abandoned me in this moment. Life did not turn out the way that it was supposed to be. And we just let our sheep get stolen from our lives over and over and over again. But see, David 
In those moments when he was out tending to his sheep and the bear came, he did not take that as the moment that God has abandoned them. He took it as a challenge. This is a moment to step up in courage. This is a moment to test out not only how strong I am, but how strong I am connected to this spirit of God that is living in me. When the lion came and he grabbed the sheep, he was like, no, I'm going after the lion. And not only am I taking my sheep back, but I am going to grab a hold of that lion and I am going to kill him dead in that moment. See, he took those as opportunities of challenge to prove not only who he was, but who God was in him in those moments. And look, here's the thing. I am sure that David would have preferred to not have to deal with the bear. I am sure that he would have preferred to not have to deal with a lion, but he did and he won and he knew things about life and himself and God after that moment that he did not know before he fought that lion and that bear. He suddenly knew things about life and what was possible in any given moment that he stepped into that he could only learn if he fought the lion and he fought the bear. See, had David not been through those moments while he was tending his sheep on an ongoing, regular basis, he would have never known his potential on the battlefield. Knowing he could face Goliath with confidence, with an unwavering faith that just said, why on earth are we not taking on this Goliath in this moment? He knew, he knew, he knew that God would be faithful because he had been faithful with the lion and he had been faithful with the bear. And see, had God not proved his potential time over and over and over, David's full story would not have been actualized in that moment with Goliath. Had God not shown up time and time again, he would only have been known as a shepherd, but never as a giant slayer. And just let me say this, there's nothing wrong with being just a shepherd. But let me just tell you, living an average life a life where the full potential of the goodness that you were designed to bring to this earth is never realized is just one step above an evil life. That you and I were not meant to live an average life. It's why when we read the story of David, every single one of us says, I want to be that guy. None of us says, I want to be the soldier on the side. Because you and I were made to step into these moments. There is something that we were born with internally that God has placed inside of us that says, I was made to be the giant killer in these moments. Never confuse God's proving your potential and securing your faith with his absence or his anger. Those are the moments where he shows up in power now, let me just tell you, some of you have experienced and maybe are experiencing the press of God on your life. You're experiencing those lion and those bear moments right now and right here. And some of you may have even ran from those moments or you're trying to figure out how do I get out of these moments or how do I get away from them as quickly as possible. And some of you have translated those moments as God must be absent as God must not be here for me, or God must not care enough about me to do something about these things. You may be looking at your financial situation and think God's abandoned me in the middle of this. I don't know what to do about this. You may have relationships that are a mess that you're struggling with. You think God has left me. He must be angry with me. You may have circumstances at work, in your own personal life, in your mental health journey, in your physical health journey that you're like, where is God in all of this? And you refuse to fight. 
the bears and the lions because it must be a sign that God has abandoned you. And then you're depressed that you are defeated when Goliath shows up. When life actually hits, there's an overwhelming sense of despair that you are not capable of fighting the Goliaths. See, David was molded all of those years, tending the sheeps and fighting the lions and fighting the bears, seeing God come through time after time after time. And see, some of you are in your shepherd's years and asking God, why am I here? Why am I here in these moments? It's because he needs to get you ready for your Goliath moment that is coming. That if you do not stay in this fight here, You will not be ready for the moment that will transform your life and the life of everyone around you coming your way because your faith is built one lion and one bear at a time. It is built one fight at a time. And how you respond now to these fights will determine how you show up with faith and power when there's a Goliath that you're facing. See, giant killers are not born. They are molded over time with every decision to fight. Because here's what I found in life is that Goliath moments are not planned. Have you noticed that? It would be nice, right? (laughs) It would be nice if like, hey, uh, I I got a really busy season till about April 9th, but if after that we could do the Goliath thing, that would be awesome. Have you noticed that Goliaths just suddenly show up, right? Right? Those moments that that rattle you to your core. Those moments that the sky feels like it's falling in, that you can't breathe, that life is coming to an end, that you cannot continue any further, that you just have to survive this moment. Those moments rarely show up on a schedule. See, because David, in this moment, he wasn't going to battle. In fact, he was going to bring lunch. Not even lunch. He was bringing a charcuterie board, right? Here's some wheat and some bread and some cheese, right? Take the charcuterie board to your brothers who are on the field and make sure they have everything they need and then come back to me and let me know what's going on. And in his moment of bringing the charcuterie board to his brothers, he finds himself on the battlefield fighting a giant. Ever been there? One minute you're making a sandwich and the next minute your life's falling apart. Right? This is what David's experiencing in this moment. But see, here's the thing. Who you, have beco- who you have been becoming up until that point is revealed in that moment. Who you have been becoming in the fights previously, in those moments that have been building your faith previously to those moments, will reveal who you are in that moment. Because here, you have trained soldiers who are literally terrified and dismayed, shaking in their boots about what is happening in front of them. And here's David with his little wine and cheese plate saying, let's take him on. Let's go. Why is no one fighting him? Why are we letting this guy defile the name of God in this moment? See, there is a huge difference between the mindset of those soldiers and the mindset of David in this moment, in this fight. Because here's what I know about life is there will always be Goliaths informing you of who you are and who you aren't. You will always have a Goliath informing you of your identity and informing you of what's possible and not possible, inviting you into a conversation about safety and saying secure, but also about an identity of who you are. And see, the soldiers, 
look at this Goliath out there, and their conversation is, how do we survive this? See, the problem is, is what I know about you and what I know about me is that we as human beings were actually not made to be in just a survival conversation. No one, when asked, what is your vision for your life, says to survive. No one, when they say, what is it that you long for at the core of who you are, no one just says, I just want to stay alive. That we all long for more. And so here, Goliath invites these soldiers into a conversation about safety and security and survival. But David, David has a very different story about what's going on in this moment. See, David's conversation is, why are we not charging this guy? Why are, why are we not fighting this guy? This guy is not going to defy the God who has been with me with the lion and who has been with me with the bear and has called me into this moment and has protected me over and over and over and over again. And see, he steps into this moment with faith, with the utmost confidence that the victory has already been won for him. That all he has to do is step into this moment and this is what this type of molded faith gives you in that moment. A confidence that we are called to step into the fight no matter what in this moment. And now see, here's the thing. David and his brothers were looking at the exact same circumstances. Here's David looking at Goliath and here's his brothers looking at at Goliath but they were light years apart in terms of what they saw in terms of what they were actually seeing in that moment. See, because David looks at this and he sees an opportunity for victory, but his brothers look at it and they see an opportunity to just survive in that moment. See, when you have spent time in the training grounds of the sheep with God, it completely transforms how you see the world around you. It will transform what you see as possible And see, this is why the scriptures talk so much about building your faith and renewing your mind now, before there's a Goliath, right here and right now, where where, where there are struggles and there are heartbreaks, but it's not a Goliath yet. This is why we are called to continually be renewing our thought process, because when you get to that space, it transforms a battlefield with a Goliath from a threat into a moment to prove how powerful God is. It transforms a battlefield that calls you into simply surviving into an opportunity to step into your moment that will transform your name from David Shepherd to David Giant Killer. It transforms everything in that moment. And of everyone on that field, David was the least qualified. He was the least expected. He was, he, he was the most underestimated person on that field. Of everyone that you would have looked at and picked, it's not the kid with the wine and cheese plate who had just come to check on his brothers. And yet he is the one that steps up, and he is the one whose story we are reading thousands of years later. Now here's the thing. When you decide that you are going to step into the fight of faith, When you decide that you are going to step into the arena and begin building your faith by taking on the lion and taking on the bear and eventually stepping into the ring with Goliath, people will think that you're crazy. People will think that you are out of your mind. People will think that you are doing the stupidest thing that you could ever do with your life when you step out in faith in those moments. 
See, because David comes into this moment and he starts stirring up the pot with his brothers and all the other soldiers. He's like, what are we doing here? Someone needs to get out there and fight this dude. Someone needs to get out there and kill Goliath. Have you forgotten who's on our side? Have you forgotten that the power of the living God is behind us in this moment? And the brothers' response, the scriptures say that they burned with anger at David in this moment. That they were so angry that David dare step up in this moment and say, let's step out in this moment. See, because when you step out in faith and start daring to slay giants, it forces other people into a choice. It immediately forces other people to decide what kind of life they are going to choose in that moment. It forces people into a decision because it forces people into choosing, do I choose an average, ordinary, mundane life? Do I continue on in this pathway of fear and dismay and terror or do I step into a life filled with faith and abundance and potential and power connected to the living God? It forces a choice. It forces a crossroads for people around you. And let me tell you, people don't like that. Because let's be honest, most of us would rather stay comfortable. Most of us would just rather stay in a space and a conversation about how do we survive this. But the second someone steps up and says, I'm willing to kill Goliath, it forces us into a choice. It creates a crossroads, a crisis of faith. And you know what I found? Is that most people will choose a lesser life. That as much as we want to live the life of Goliath, most of us have a tendency to be on the side of the soldiers shaking in their boots and wondering, how do we survive this? And when people begin to choose a lesser life, it comes out in anger because they know that they're made for more. Every single time that we choose to play small, we get angry because we're now in conflict with who God has created us to be. That we're now in conflict when we're being called to become the giant slayer and we're choosing to be on the sidelines. We're now in conflict with the life of faith that God has called us to step into and this smaller life over here. And it comes out in anger and it shows up like an attack on the other person who is disrupting the status quo in this moment. And let me just tell you, the way that this anger came out then hasn't changed much today. Because his brothers start, start saying things to David like, why have you come down here? Have you ever had anyone tell you that when you start stepping out? When you start trying to change your life? Why, why are you even trying this? That's stupid. It's going to be a waste of time. You're going to fail. And then they say, well, you've left your sheep. In other words, this is irresponsible. This is irrational. Why, why are you even doing this? You're going to get hurt. Something's going to get damaged. You're going to lose a sheep. You are irresponsible for stepping out in this way. Then they actually say, you're so full of yourself. You're so conceited. How dare you think that you could defeat Goliath in this moment? And then they basically say, look, you should sit back and watch. Who are you to step into this moment? I remember when we moved our community from Chino to Pomona, here actually in the Fox Theater, and it was a step of faith, man. It was one of those moments where we were like, all right, Lord, you're going to have to do something crazy in this moment to move us forward. And I can tell you, we got all the same responses. <laughs> well, why, are you, why, why are you even going to Pomona? Do you, do you know how, how crazy that city is and how dirty it is and, and how much crime there is? And, and, and you know, people aren't going to follow you there. 
And this is irresponsible. This is not financially responsible. This is not responsible with what you're up to. This is not, we, we have everything over here safe and secure. And you are so full of yourself that you think that you should move over here. In fact, why don't you just sit back and let us take this? And we would not be here today had that moment not happened. See, do not be derailed in your faith journey by other people's insecurities when you begin stepping out in a life of faith. Do not be derailed by other people. Let them complain and talk and post what they need to do. Like David, your job is just to keep your eyes on the calling in front of you. See, David could have easily been, oh, you're right. This is stupid. I am just a little shepherd. I shouldn't be defeating Goliath. There's no reason I should be here. In fact, oh no, the sheep, I need to get back. But he doesn't. He fully steps into this moment. See, here's what I found out in life. You can fight haters or you can fight giants, but you can't fight both. Because one will live to a smaller life and one will lead to a life of inspiration and power and faith. One will just keep you distracted and small and the other will move you into the purpose and power that you are called to step into. And David just responds with this, let no one lose heart. I love that line. Don't worry. God's got this. Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And he recognized his responsibility to God far outweighed his need to defend himself. And David goes and kills Goliath. Again, the most unexpected, underestimated person on the battlefield. What I love about this moment in the scriptures is this is not an inspirational story of a young man who is brave and courageous and stupid enough to step into a ring with a giant and by chance wins because of his courage. This is a story of a young boy who knew who he was and whose he was on that battlefield. And because of that, it allowed him to fully step into a moment where he became known as David the giant killer. See, this wasn't a moment where David had said all his affirmations and he had done his mantras and he's cleared his chakras and he checked in with the universe. That wasn't this. This was David just going, wait a minute, does, does not anyone else recognize who is on our side? Does not anyone else recognize who is with us in this battle? Why are we not stepping up into this moment? And he fully stepped into this story. And here's how I love this story ends. Because not too many people talk about the ending of this story. It ends with this moment where all of the leaders ask him, who is your father? In other words, where do you come from? Tell me the backstory of this kid. And David says, I am the son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem. And you know what everyone says? Never heard of it. Never heard of that. That's fascinating, though. See, what I love about this moment is that as David steps into this life of faith that he has actualized by killing the giant and killing the bear and then fully stepping into this moment with Goliath and defeating Goliath, is that he transforms not only the legacy of his family moving forward, but he transforms the reputation of his family moving backwards. That he fully transforms his history and his future by stepping into this life of faith. 
And all throughout the scriptures, we are reminded that Jesus, the savior of the world, came from the line of Jesse, his father. Because David decided that he was going to change the future and his past in one swoop with one slingshot by stepping out in faith in this moment. The giants that you are called to face now are not just for you. They are not just so that you have a a powerful moment with a giant and can say, look at me, I'm David the giant slayer. It is a moment where you can say, I choose to transform everything that has been and everything that is to come so that the future legacy of my family, my community, my neighborhood, my workplace is forever transformed as 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 a result of this. See, David's children's children, children will know that they come from a long legacy of giant slayers, not shepherds. And they instilled this understanding of what it meant to live by faith. See, when you choose to fully step into this moment of taking on Goliath, it transforms all of your past and all of your future simultaneously so that generations from now, they will look back at you and go, oh, it's because of them that we now become a line of giant slayers. And it transforms everything around us. But it begins with faith. It begins with deciding, I'm not gonna run from the lion and I am not gonna run from the bear right now because I know that God is proving me in this moment because there is a Goliath moment that is coming that I will not be ready for if I do not choose to fight now. See, you will not be able to step on the battlefield with Goliath until you have chosen the small things of faith today. And this is what we are called to, to be a people of faith with the bears and the lions so that one day we can be known as giant slayers here and now. Would you guys close your eyes just for a moment? I want you to, in this moment right now, just to consider those areas in your life that feel like you're taking on a lion or a bear. Those areas in your life where you sense that there's a fight. And maybe you've been taking those moments as a sign that that God has abandoned you, or maybe you've been wondering, why do I keep dealing with this? Why do I keep having to struggle with this? Maybe you've been running from those. And today, God is wanting to instill within you a faith to fight those bears and those lions today so that one day when Goliath shows up, you're just like, why aren't we taking it? I fought the bear and I fought the lion. This could be an area in your life that you just feel so overwhelmed by. It could be an area of your finances. It could be a circumstance at work. It could be a situation that you're in and relationally. If you're online, you could be just considering that as well. What are those areas right now that that God is calling you to fight by faith? I'm gonna ask you to just to do something here live with us. Would you stand up right where you're at? And I've asked the band to lead us in a song together. And as we do this, I wanna wanna enter into a time of prayer. 
a specific time of prayer where I'm gonna ask that God would fill you with his faith and his courage. That in this moment, for those of you who are here and you're like, man, I am going through my shepherd moments. I am going through the moments with the lions and the bears. And maybe you bypassed all that and you're like, oh man, the Goliath is here and I don't know what to do. (laughs) This is a moment where I believe God wants to show up in power and he wants to fill you with his spirit. If that's you this morning and you're here and you're like, man, I, I am ready to take on that spirit of David, that spirit that says, I'm all in and you recognize I'm going through it, would you just, as an act of confession, just raise your hand? Just say, I'm, I, I, got a giant, I got a giant to fight. I got a bear to fight. I got a lion to fight. I want you to just keep your hands up, and I want to pray a prayer over you. And I want you just to receive this this morning. Lord, we stand before you recognizing that it is only through you only through you that we can defeat the lions and the bears and the Goliaths in our life. That nothing else, no other power is sufficient to fully step into that space. And so Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would move over the hearts and minds and spirits of every single person in this room with their hands raised, Father. God, that that you would even begin whispering into their ears right now about the courage that you've called them into, the faith that you've called them into, the power that you have given them because of what you have done on the cross, that you would fill them, invade them right now, Jesus. God, that that right now that they would take on that spirit of David that says, do not lose heart. (laughs) Do not lose heart. For today we will take the enemy. And God, I pray that you would grant them your faith, that you would grant them your courage, that you would grant them your strength. And that today, Lord, they would know that they would know that they would know that this is possible, not because of who they are, but because of who you are, God. God, would you fill them? I ask that you would begin to stir up in them, God, this deep faith, understanding who they are in you. And I wanna sing this song together just as an anthem up to the Lord, declaring today who he is, declaring the power that we have in him and through him this morning. And as we sing this song in the room to this morning, I'm gonna ask that you allow your faith to just be elevated. As we declare in Jesus' name that walls fall down, God, that, that death is overcome, that, that, that things that we face in the moment are nothing compared to your power that as we declare your name in this space, that faith would arise and that we would walk away from here knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are called to live that life as a giant slayer. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.